You're listening to Decolonizing Trauma, the podcast that sheds light on alternative perspectives that contribute to our collective well-being. I'm Yemi Penn. In this series, we will reclaim our voices and rewrite the narrative. Get ready to challenge old paradigms and embrace a future of joy and liberation. separate colonialism from race I could just hear people say no 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 you can't maybe yes I've said this before I'm gonna say this again I don't have all the answers but I'm damn good at starting the conversation that will allow us to get curious and a little bit rebellious in finding some of the answers learning more about ourselves learning more about others I truly believe this is part of the offering an opportunity for us to find solutions to some of the world's deepest, craziest, wildest problems. So why has this even come up as a question? And and there are going to be so many parts to this. So this is just part one, because I definitely want to speak to other people, other experts, thought leaders on this. Why am I even asking the question? Because once again, as I started to do my research colonialism kept on coming up in particular when it came to trauma so for those who are new I really hope you go back and watch um, the trailer listen to the trailer as well as the first episode on the history behind why I've even set up this podcast and what I'm researching but in short it's the transformation of trauma in doing my literature review in my first year whenever I would research trauma what is trauma trauma literature lived experience it seemed to always go back to the Holocaust. The Holocaust seemed to be the atrocious event that's happened that was across all the literature. And I really leaned in and obviously I learned a bit of this in history and I say obviously, but it's not obvious for everybody because I've already explained that people's reality is different. And this is another reason why I'm doing this podcast is to give different people more experience. And please share this with people who typically would not listen to this kind of content, because when we learn more, we know more and that allows us to be better. And so I would come across the Holocaust as kind of like the benchmark for talking for a lot of trauma, especially collective trauma, cultural trauma. And then colonialism would be the other thing because what has been really important for me is as I do my research and not just look for the typical like there are some there are some names who have done work in trauma a lot of people from I guess from a general perspective might know Bessel van der Kolk he wrote the book Body Keeps the Score we've also got Peter Levine but then you also have a lot of people in academia Harris Cathy so I might have said her name the wrong way around because I'm <laughs> I've got the research head on which is always putting their surname in but Kathy Carroth would speak about like she is one of the founding mothers of the trauma studies and she also challenges things. And the more I looked into this, I started to look for names that did not sound as Western as I would typically find in academia. And that opened me up to something else. So I already had the calling that I wanted to look at trauma with a non-Western lens. I hadn't got my language nailed down right. But the minute I started researching that, colonialism would come up and so but still a lot of reference to the holocaust but obviously a lot of reference also to slavery so quite interesting already that you start to see depending on who the academic is depending on who the thought leader is depends on what I see and what I read 
And it's another reason why decolonizing trauma is really important to actually represent the world we live in. We are a diverse world. Yes, equity and equality has not reached all corners of the world yet. But make no mistake, (laughs) the global majority is very different from what it was a couple of decades ago. And so this is to benefit all of us so that we are all sustained and sit in our birthright of accessing this planet. But my goodness, respecting her at the same time. So back to the research. So the minute I start to look for the names that don't usually bear the headlines, I start to find more content. And there's also a feminist view on on trauma and that might be a different episode. But the colonial aspect was quite interesting because it makes reference to colonialism as being a really big catalyst for a lot of the traumas we've experienced. Now, if I can give you a bit of prelim, there was a whole period, decades, where speaking about trauma was silenced. You know, Bessel van der Kolk and some of the others who really made it accessible to mainstream, I believe it was in the 80s, where it started to even be part of our vocabulary. Now, trauma was originally called being shell-shocked, and that happened to a lot of the veterans who went out to war. But what happened was the minute doctors, physicians, psychologists, therapists would speak about being shell-shocked, I believe a general in the British army said this is actually reducing the morale of our veterans who need to go out to war. And so for that reason, it was silenced. And so for decades, it wasn't spoken about. And so colonialism, which I'm sure there's literature out there, I haven't seen it, it might be my contribution to it. What it hasn't done is said, well, in all those years in which we were just kind of told to cover our eyes, what happened? And then as we start to see more things happening, more challenges happening, it's coming up again. And this is why you've got people talking about big T and small T. Well, which traumas do we talk about? Do we talk about the wars that have been going on in Congo? Do we talk about wars in other parts of the world? And the reason why I take this deep breath is there are so many things I don't know. There are so many things that people believe we should know, but this is why we do this as a collective. I ask us to do it with grace. On the, on the premise that someone is not out here to harm you or have intent to harm you, we hold grace because we are the ones who are going to fill in the gaps. We are the ones who will be able to share our lived experience. So looking through colonialism, I've started to find out, well, if it's not, if I'm trying to give a different perspective on how we can transform our trauma, I'd called it non-Western. My supervisor said, well, maybe it's post-colonialism. And I went in and looked at post-colonialism and I remember thinking, yeah, this feels right because we are no longer under colonial era. That's what I think. But I'm pretty confident I'm wrong. I mean, we just look at what's going on in Russia, Ukraine. And once again, with my limited knowledge and understanding, I can't help but feel, are we going to be building a museum about how all of this unfolded? And then we're going to have our kids and the kids' kids walking through the museum like, yeah, this is, yeah, this was terrible. Yeah, this happened. And I'm wondering, but if I have this insight now and I'm already thinking of the future, what are we doing about it right now? Is this just an extension of colonialism? Have we taken practices that were used all across the world and still applying it today, but we're just calling it something else? So this is where my side eye to the fuckery of the world comes up. Once again, I have a potty mouth. I try to keep it as clean as I can. But if I cannot find any other word, 
it's coming out. And so it became apparent to me that post-colonialism is not what I should be looking at. I started to research more people who do not dominate the headlines, who do not dominate the headlines. And that was where decolonization came in. I've got another dear friend decolonizing therapy. Please get her book if you have not. It comes out November 2023. Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Mulan. I hope I've got name right. Good friend, but I have so many names in my head and definitely someone I'll be quoting in my research. That's where decolonization came in. And I explained briefly what different definitions could be, but I'll talk about that in the first episode. But decolonization came in because to think about post-colonialism would mean that it stops, that it's not happening anymore. I actually believe it is, just in a different guise. And this is where my curiosity comes up. Well, we already know a big part of colonization was about a group of people, whites, coming in and dominating a group of other people. I mean, I'm on indigenous land, currently on a Wabako land. The story is extremely close to home. Even I, till today, get nervous as to how I should even start the dialogue. It's the reason why there's been nerves about doing this podcast. But who do we think we are waiting for? Who are we waiting for? Government? Presidents? Who's meant to lead this conversation? We are. And so... Sometimes I can go off on a tangent. And so the decolonizing part comes from reclaiming, reclaiming our narrative. The things that colonists said, no, don't do, that's barbaric, that's X, that's Y, actually revisiting it and using it as a way to reclaim our sovereignty. Now, I know there are so many things to consider attached to this. So those of you that listen, especially those of you who are academics or in the profession, I just say, just, just by all means, teach me if there's something different I need to learn or understand. Come on as a guest and share your thoughts. But I also say with as much humility as I need to say to myself, I don't believe we all know everything. And I know people will spit studies left, right and centre. And those studies have been valid. But my question is, have they been representative? Have they carried the voice, the sovereignty, the agency of those that, we have been studying. And I say that because even me as a researcher, and when I start interviewing participants, but when you look at research, they make reference to subjects, but participants, when I start interviewing them, I have to check myself. What colonial rule and behavior have I taken on that could actually have impact on the power balance between myself as the researcher and the participants? So as much as I share this content, please know I hold a double-sided mirror, meaning I'm looking at myself on one side saying, what have you adopted that had become part of your life but you're now doing? And do you need to check yourself? Because to decolonize, another way to explain that is to make sure that the power is shared equally amongst all. Yes, I might be leading in a certain perspective, but to share that power. (laughs) I have not even got into the whole race thing. Can you see I'm trying to moonwalk out of that whole dialogue? So that's what decolonization is. But let's come back to colonization and race. If in all my research that I've done so far, every time I'm looking at trauma, the Holocaust comes up, colonization, and then I started to get really interested in Ireland and its history. And we remember that sign, no Irish, no blacks, no dogs. Now it's some fairy tale. No one hasn't made that shit up. We've got people who are still sharing those stories and are alive today. 
But what's happened over time is the whole race construct has taken wings and legs, especially when we see when we see lives being taken on live TV. The race conversation comes up and divides us even more as black and white. And then I go back and I look at colonialism and the impact it had on Irish. And we had the beautiful, beautiful Sinead O'Connor pass away not long ago before recording this, which made me curious again. And I watched her documentary. Yes, with a bit of reservation, because as someone who's a filmmaker, I'm fully aware that the music you add in a documentary kind of sways your feelings and emotions which is why the work on trauma is so good for me because it means I'm becoming more aware of my body and the true emotions I have as opposed to the ones that others want me to elicit. So watching that documentary really got me intrigued as to who was I when Sinead was doing all this stuff and speaking for people who were not even given platforms? Who was I when she was speaking out and being part of rallies, you know, especially with the Magdalene laundries? And I really got interested and thought yes we are not in the oppression olympics but your story of oppression is deep and you're white and i've been on this story that is black versus white that's the story i've been fed through hollywood through other things and i read something and i don't have the exact um name to hand but i'll see if i can put it in the show notes was the fact that jews and Irish descendants were labelled white. So at some point, they became part of the white race because there always seems to be this battle of, well, who do we oppress more than the other? Even though a group of people may have experienced heinous crimes, at some point we need to bring them into the fold. And I think think that's where the need for this conversation has come up for me is are we changing the hierarchy depending on the needs of society? Are you less than when we've got an issue with you? Do you become more than when we need the war on black and brown bodies to be higher? So I'm curious. And there's so much more that comes and bubbles in me. But more than anything... I want us to be compassionate as we continue to get curious because I believe applying that decolonizing lens, i.e. going back to as close to our source as possible, I truly believe will remind us that I am you and you are me. But we just got to figure out what the fuckery that rhymed. All right, if you are not connected with me on Instagram, yemi.pen or LinkedIn, yemi.pen, then please do give me your thoughts, share this podcast. Let's get some of the world's best in on this so that I can continue to be a curious rebel with grace, compassion and side eye to, to see what we do not know. Let's learn more of the unknown. All right, love, light and healing from me. And as always, sao bono.